From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Glaucoma is the leading cause of blindness for people over age 60, but there are ways to prevent blindness with early treatment. Here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio is Dr. Preethi Ganapathy. She's an assistant professor of ophthalmology and visual sciences at Upstate. Welcome to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Ganapathy. Thank you so very much. I'm very happy to be here today. Well, let's start with a description of what glaucoma is. Sure. So glaucoma is what we call an optic neuropathy. The easiest way that I explain it to patients is the eye is like a camera. So you have two cameras that take pictures and they send information to the brain. So that's the computer that we use for processing these images. Glaucoma is a condition where the cable that connects the camera to the brain, which is called the optic nerve, is affected. It's interesting because we always talked about glaucoma in the past as though it was a pressure issue. And the pressure within the eye is connected to glaucoma, but it's not the whole story. So even if you have normal pressures, you can still develop optic nerve damage. But the The short, concise version is that it is a characteristic pattern of optic nerve damage that occurs in individuals, and we call it glaucoma. And so optic neuropathy, neuropathy is nerve damage Mm -hmm. of that particular optic nerve? Right. Okay. So you mentioned pressure. Is the pressure from a fluid buildup or air, or what, what is causing pressure? Sure. So there is a a circulation system within the eye itself that regulates the pressure. So a balloon, for example, has a certain pressure that it needs to maintain to keep the shape of the balloon. The eye also has a pressure that it needs to maintain to keep the shape of the eye, keep the health of the eye. Part of the eye makes fluid, part of the eye drains fluid, and I liken it to a sink. So there's a faucet and there's a drain. But if there's a blockage of the drain, then the water is going to overflow, and that's going to be too much for the health of the eye. What I didn't mention is that when we talk about glaucoma, obviously there's an optic neuropathy, but that is associated with vision loss. And that's really why it's important for patients to to know or for people to understand what glaucoma is. When we talk about the vision loss associated with glaucoma, it actually occurs on the outside of our visual field, so out in the periphery first before it happens in the center. And that's why glaucoma is often found late versus conditions like cataract or conditions like macular degeneration where the center part of the vision is affected first so patients know or people know that this is going on. Whereas I have seen people with glaucoma who have significant vision loss but they don't know it because their center vision is okay. And they just don't recognize that the peripheral is getting less and less. Right, because the brain has such a a profound ability to compensate for it, and things that happen slowly over time, we just slowly get used to, and we don't realize that it's happening. So is glaucoma a disease that affects only older people? You only see it in older? No, actually. Glaucoma is more commonly... Uh, associated with older age. So the older you are, the more at risk you are for getting glaucoma. But we treat anywhere from two weeks of age to, you know, 85, 90 years of age who have glaucoma 
because glaucoma is congenital as well. So babies can get glaucoma and there's things that pediatricians look out for and they monitor for to make sure that we're not missing it. It's rare, but it occurs. And actually, I and uh, Dr. Rob Fechner here, we actually perform uh, pediatric glaucoma surgeries and treat pediatric glaucoma in the community. But generally speaking, if it's not something that's found earlier on, then it's something that occurs more commonly later in life. Interesting. Well, let's talk about the signs and symptoms. You mentioned the peripheral vision. Um, Does it just you wake up one day and you don't have peripheral vision or does it get fuzzy or what is that like? So glaucoma is not sudden, and that's why people don't notice it. There, there is a certain type of glaucoma, and I, I take that back. There's a certain type of glaucoma that occurs suddenly, and that is called acute angle closure glaucoma. This is a condition where all of a sudden the pressure goes from normal, which is between 10 and 20, roughly, millimeters of mercury, goes from normal, goes high, so up to 40. Those people know that they have a problem. They come in with eye pain, they come in with blurry vision, and that's something that is an emergency. And so we treat it emergently. Most often, glaucoma occurs slowly. So it's not something that you wake up and you realize that you have vision loss. It's something that you go about your business and you just, you you carry on. And then one day you go to an eye appointment and someone says, you might be at risk for glaucoma. And then we do testing and realize that there's a certain part of the vision that's already gone, which is why our goal is to catch it early because we want to prevent it from getting worse. You mentioned uh, that it can be inherited. Mm -hmm. Is is that how you predict who might develop glaucoma, just looking in their family to see whether older... Anyone, anyone that has glaucoma should encourage their family members to get an eye exam. Absolutely. Because the only way we know how to check and see if someone is at risk for glaucoma is to do an eye exam. And the eye exam is not, and I want to point out, is not just glasses. It needs to be a dilated eye exam. So where they put drops in your eyes, where you can't drive, and they take a look inside of your eyes because that's the way you look at the optic nerve. You can also do testing where you can take pictures of the back of the eye and you can do visual field testing. But those tests need to occur before we can say, okay, you're not at risk for glaucoma. It's not just checking the pressure. So is that how it's diagnosed? You have to go through those exams to, and it can give you a definitive diagnosis that you have it or you're developing it? Yes. And, you know, the definitive diagnosis is funny because there's definitely people that we call glaucoma suspects because we're not sure and there are definitely people that you know we watch with high pressures that never develop glaucoma so there's a definitely a spectrum but doing a dilated eye exam and doing the testing and checking the pressure putting the whole puzzle together is the best way to keep track of people who um, might be at risk for glaucoma now is that something an optometrist 
can do, or do you really need to go to an ophthalmologist? Because there's a difference. There is a difference, but it's not. An optometrist can absolutely screen for glaucoma as well. The only point that I make is that you want to go somewhere where they're actually doing a dilated eye exam. Because I know people who have gone to to just get eyeglasses and have never had an, uh, an eye exam, a thorough eye exam, and have glaucoma has been missed for that reason. But as an, an optometrist and an ophthalmologist are the same when it comes to screening for glaucoma. This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Preethi Ganapathy. She's an assistant professor of ophthalmology and visual sciences at Upstate. Well, let's talk about how glaucoma is treated. If you find someone that's got suspected glaucoma, what, what, what is the treatment? I talked earlier about how the eye is like a sink in a way, that there's a faucet that makes fluid and there's a drain that drains fluid. Despite us knowing that glaucoma is not only about the pressure within the eye, lowering the pressure inside of the eye is the only treatment for glaucoma that we have right now. So all the studies have shown that if you have glaucoma and your pressure is high, if we lower the pressure, that your glaucoma does better. And if you're, you have glaucoma and your pressure is normal and we lower the pressure, your glaucoma does better. So we always focus right now clinically on lowering the pressure and we can do it with eye drops. So we can use drops that turn down the faucet. We can use drops that help decrease the, um, or increase the outflow of fluid out of the eye. We can use lasers that help the drain work better. And if these things don't work, then we can look at surgical options to either use laser to decrease the production of fluid or to make a new drain in the eye essentially to really uh, help the fluid flow out of the eye and keep the pressure low. So you mentioned eye drops. Does Mm -hmm. everyone sort of start with that to see if those are Yes. So everyone starts with either eye drops or laser, actually. A recent study showed that laser is as effective as a initial eye drop. So depending on what uh, the person in front of me wants, we, we talk about the benefits and the uh, negatives of using a drop versus a laser. And everybody's different. So what treatment is best for them is dependent on them. So if you start taking the eye drops, is there a chance that they will fix this and you can stop taking the eye drops and you no longer have glaucoma? Does it does it cure it? Or is it a maintenance thing where you're going to be taking drops the rest of your life? Most often, it's a maintenance thing where you will be taking drops the rest of your life. Glaucoma is a disease in the way that, say, diabetes or high blood pressure is. These are lifelong diagnoses that you ca- carry with you. And There are certain things that can help. So say if you have mild glaucoma, you may be on a drop. And when you have cataract surgery, that may lower your pressure. Sometimes that can lower your pressure. And these are intricacies that maybe we don't have time to discuss right now. But, um, or we don't have the avenue to discuss it right now. But certain things that may drop the need for a medication But most often, if someone has started on a medication, this is something that they're signing up for for a long period of time. How else does life change for someone who has glaucoma? Are they going to be able to still drive? Glaucoma that's caught early 
is the best kind of glaucoma because what I haven't said yet is that glaucoma cannot be reversed. So everything we do is to keep it where it is and keep it from getting worse. That's why it's so important to get diagnosed early so that we can prevent it from getting worse. If you have mild stages of glaucoma, we can diagnose it before it even causes a vision vision problem. And that is really what the ideal state would be where maybe you're on one drop and you can go about your life the way that you always have been. Now, when glaucoma gets more and more advanced, it starts moving from the periphery into the center part of the vision. And if the center part of the vision is affected, then it can uh, disturb the activities of daily living like driving and reading and uh, other things that one would want to do. And our goal is to stop it before it reaches that stage. Are there activities that someone with glaucoma, uh, that they're not able to do because it has an impact on glaucoma or makes it worse? So generally speaking, people with glaucoma can do anything. The one thing that we uh, say historically or anecdotally is activities that may raise the pressure inside of the eye. So Valsalva maneuvers, weightlifting, things like that, and say yoga where you're upside down for prolonged amounts of time. But that's only when you have glaucoma. If you don't have glaucoma and you're not at risk, then obviously I wouldn't say don't do yoga. Absolutely everyone should, um, should be active. But Generally speaking, you can go about your daily activities without a problem, even after you have glaucoma. I've heard of marijuana use uh, being used to treat glaucoma. So the interesting thing about marijuana use is that it does decrease the pressure in the eye. The problem is that it only decreases the pressure in the eye for a short amount of time. So we don't use it as a treatment for glaucoma because one would have to use marijuana constantly to actually have a profound effect on the eye. But research is being done to try and target the cannabinoid receptors in a drop form or in a form that's more accessible to the eye that maybe doesn't have as much of the systemic effects so that we can still work and and do um, the things that we need to do every day. Is there anything people can do to prevent glaucoma from developing? The, the key is that if, if you have a family member with glaucoma or if, if you are above the age of, say, 40 or 50, it's important to make sure that you're getting the eye exams that you need to, to identify that you are at risk for glaucoma so you can be um, monitored closely. The only way that we can prevent glaucoma from getting worse is to identify it early and stop the progression then. Well, thank you to Dr. Preethi Ganapathy, an assistant professor of ophthalmology and visual sciences at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.